Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning, guys. Good morning, guys. On Saturday, Hamas gave a surprise attack to Israel. People are now saying this new war may last a while. How will this affect the U.S. markets? Well, look, uh, first of all, the humanitarian uh, disaster aside, um, you know, the bond markets are closed on Monday, right? So it's tough to figure out right now that the flight to safety in bonds um, uh, gold markets are open. So you've, you've had a bump up in gold. You've had a bump up in West Texas crude. Uh, you've had a bump up in, in Brent crude. You've also seen the defense stocks rally, you know, two to four percent, let's say already this morning, pretty big moves in them. Um, unfortunately, this has going, been going on for, you know, a thousand plus years. Uh, and I, you know, I don't see it normally as a great destabilizer. Uh, of the market. Short term, of course, will add some volatility. Um, what bothers me here, right, aside from obviously that the flight into safety and quality, it should keep a, keep a lid on rates short term for a little bit, I would think, especially if the inflation numbers keep backing us down. Um, I think you have to look at the, the global situation between uh, the Ukraine uh, and also what China uh, is doing out in the South China Sea, right? So uh, there are some issues there. Um, and, uh, it's something that it warrants us to keep an eye on. Um, but short term, I think that the markets, uh, probably are close to forming a short term bottom. You know, we're down close to 10% now on the S&P 500 from the highs, Dow a little bit more. Um, and I think that as you work through, uh, October into November, December, January, February, the good months of the year, uh, markets are going to start to rally despite this horrific news coming. Uh, from the Middle East. Yeah, the seasonal calendar does get a little bit better here. I mean, it is September, October. Well, now it's October, but you have just elevated levels of volatility going around. That is a normal dynamic. But the lid on interest rate should be something that does have a more material impact on the markets because part of the reason that we've seen volatility become unhinged is that the bond market has been a little bit concerning in terms of longer dated yields. And even some Fed officials came out at the end of last week saying the rise in longer dated yields could actually um, take another rate hike off the table because it's more it's more like a natural tightening that's actually taking place. Okay. Um, and to bring it back to the U.S., Ed from New York asks, the M2 money supply is at its lowest level in many years. With inflation and high consumer debt, is the M2 money supply a harbinger of things to come? I don't necessarily know if it's a harbinger of things to come, but it doesn't necessarily flash, you know, real green lights at everything. Because if you look at the expansion of M2 following COVID, there was just so much monetary and fiscal stimulus that was laid out throughout the U.S. economy. And obviously, there was a ton of liquidity that happened at that point as well. Now, as inflation really spiraled out of control and went way beyond all of the Fed estimates and expectations, what happened is fiscal policy has continued to stay relatively loose, but monetary policy has really done the heavy lifting in terms of the withdrawal of liquidity from the economy. And the result of that is is largely the largest decline in M2 on a year-over-year basis, not a percentage basis, basically ever. We haven't really seen long instances where the M2 money supply has dipped into negative territory and remained there. So that means there's a real significant withdrawal of liquidity throughout the economy. And with interest rates rising, that has a more material effect on it. And now on the back end of it, the more concerning part of it in terms of you know a lot of the historical data that we look at 
is the fact that the yield curve is steepening right now. And when the yield curve spends as long as it did inverted, the inverted yield curve is obviously a, a yellow flashing light. Um, and it tells you that something negative is on the horizon. And it could be, you know, 12 to 18 months out. That's historically the data. When the yield curve begins to uninvert, that means that something is imminently negative potentially going to happen. So could it be this conflict that it was actually predicting? Because the markets are obviously front running all this stuff. Or, or could it be something else in terms of the government had to having to pull back more on spending and fiscal stimulus being reined in at the same time that monetary stimulus is? So I, I think that when you look at the contraction of the money supply coinciding with the yield curve uninverting, those two are a little bit more negative and something to pay attention to. Where is the yield curve uninverting? Well, as of a couple months ago, the yield curve was inverted by over a full percent. Now, the long end of the curve is really moving up on this, and that is causing an uninversion of the yield curve. But if you look historically, when the yield curve begins to uninvert, because obviously the yield curve inverting has been a positive indicator of a recession 100% of the time in the post-World War II period. When the yield curve begins to uninvert, that is when the economy begins to show more signs of negativity. But it's, it's, it's a little different this time because usually at that particular moment, it's because the Fed is cutting rates to uninvert the yield curve. Now, longer dated yields are actually rising. So it's a bit of a, a different dynamic, but I still think you have to pay attention to the historical precedent there. Okay. Um, well, that was great, guys. And if you'd like to submit a question, send it to our email address, which is question at twoquestiontuesday.com, and we'll be back next week.